talk about EVs after Tesla earnings. We have to include the whole group because this is the most competitive and exciting thematic growth engine the market has been pricing in for years now, and the competition continues to intensify. Joining us from the team from Ford, we have Lisa Drake joining us from EV industrialization of the Ford Model E and the Ford Motor Company. Lisa, thanks so much for being here this morning. You guys have some uh, pretty cool news about uh, batteries and the capacity. Cars are going to need the batteries. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Oliver. Okay, so tell me about it. Uh, it seems like this is all about the capacity for the total amount of uh, basically energy that you're going to be able to produce to run these vehicles. Yeah, that's a that's a great great pun. Energy. Um, so yes, today we announced our pathway to 600,000 EVs at the end of 2023. Uh, we talked about our battery cell uh, capacity around the globe. Uh, we're getting it from key strategic suppliers for us, LG Energy Solutions being one, SK On, and then we also announced a relationship with CATL. They're going to be supplying us uh, battery technology called LFP in a cell to pack format, and that's going to be for our Maki and our Lightnings. And then we also detailed out some uh, plans around the raw materials, nickel, lithium, and other uh, other raw materials for the battery cells uh, that we're direct sourcing for our plans. So it seems like uh, this is about acquiring the materials. This is about setting up the supply chain in a way. Is that a fair way to describe it? It's a very good way to describe it. You know, that's probably one of the hardest parts to do when you scale EVs, uh, frankly, for anyone around the globe. You know, we're very good at manufacturing capacity. We know how to do that well at Ford, and we, ha we have all of that installed uh, for our 600,000 uh, unit plan by the end of 23, and then also scaling to 2 million units in 26. Uh, battery cell manufacturing capacity had to be that next step, and we announced today that we secured all of that for our plans in 23, and we have 70 percent of it secured uh, for our two million units in 26 and now we're getting into the raw materials and that's the hard work you know I don't want to uh, underestimate the the hard work required to actually travel around the world and, and um, you know make those deals uh, hmm. but the team's well on their way and uh, we were happy to share some of that work today tell me about that hard work is that about uh, going to these producers and saying hey you need to be working with us as opposed to a competitor is it about just finding the materials and getting enough? Where is uh, the edge and the uncertainty of a process to lock in these deals? Yeah, in some cases is it is competitive. However, you know, I was really uh, pleased to see the reception uh, on the back of really strong product plans that we have at Ford and the demand that we created with the F-150 Lightning and then also the Mach-E. Uh, you know, we went to these suppliers and they understood that we had a solid plan. Uh, we had an ability to scale. Uh, we're a trusted partner. They really appreciated the values that the Ford Blue Oval brought to them. Uh, and I can tell you that helped me as a supply chain expert uh, really create and execute some of these deals. So when we're, uh, as a consumer, if I have bought a hybrid or an electric Ford vehicle before this deal, what's the difference in terms of where those parts came from and where these new parts are coming from? Because obviously this is, <laughs> Ford's already been selling electric vehicles prior to this and hybrids. So uh, where, is that a different than sourced of materials? Is there gonna be like a different battery uh, than what was in a previous vehicle? 
Uh, in some cases, yes. I mean, by and large, this supply chain is very global. Uh, it's very deep, seven layers deep. And in most cases, you know, this supply crosses multiple vehicles, multiple markets. When we're talking about the LFP cell technology, that is something new and something unique. And uh, we're launching it just on our standard range applications for the Mach-E and our F-150 Lightning, because that's where it's best suited. It's suited for those customers who don't have a large range demand, but they mm. may want to charge much more frequently, um, and it's a it, it can withstand those charge cycles a, a bit more. So we think we have a great application for it. LFP is in China, used in China. Over 50% of the market is LFP, uh, and as we scale here in the U.S., it's it's an inevitability that that chemistry would come here. These partnerships uh, with the miners, with the the battery uh, uh, materials providers, how long term are they? What type of uh, duration uh, do, do these partnerships have? Are they indefinite? Are they set for a period of time? Will you have to be constantly renegotiating these deals? You know, they vary. Uh, one thing we've learned, uh, everyone is unique. You know, whether it's a lithium deal, a nickel deal, a processing deal, I would say for sure they're all multi-year. Uh, you know, so these aren't single point arrangements for one set of annual capacity, uh, but they all vary in some respect. And um, I wouldn't call them uh, routine negotiations. We, you know, we'll set the terms when we, when we sign the binding term sheets later this year. Okay, uh, very exciting stuff. Uh, the 600,000 EV run rate, 270 Mach E's, 150 F-150 Lightnings, 150 Transit EVs, and then 30,000 units of an all new SUV for Europe. So there's a lot more coming down the pike here. Uh, Lisa, looking forward to hearing more about it. Thanks for breaking the news with us. You bet, thank you, Oliver. Sure thing, okay.